Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Stand with me, please. I want to point you to a passage of scripture that has been on my heart for the last couple of days, and I pray that I can deliver to you what I feel like the Lord has impressed upon me from His Word. I'm going to the book of Matthew, chapter 13, and verse 45. Matthew, chapter 13, and verse 45. The Bible says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls and when he found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it I want to talk to you today about the principle of the pearl. Say that with me, the principle of the pearl. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would use me in in a way because there's somebody in this building today that needs this message. There's somebody that is here that needs to feel your touch today in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. principle of the pearl is my assignment today. The northwest coast of Australia is one of the most picturesque places in all of the planet. Thousands of miles of uninhabited coastline is home to some of the most unique marine and animal life. Australia is one of the places with some others that is known for harvesting pearls Their aboriginal people were hunting pearls long before the Europeans settled there over 200 years ago. There are other places, again, that you can find where pearls are found, but it is off the northwestern coast of Australia that some of the most expensive pearls are discovered. Pearls are in a gem class all by themselves. They are the only gemstone that comes from a living creature. Oysters and other mollusk creatures literally take this whole concept of a gem and its preciousness and rarity to a new level. Natural pearls are formed from irritants that invade the shell of a mussel or an oyster. This irritant is usually a parasite that is attempting to invade a cell within the oyster. It's more than just a grain of sand. It is an invading parasite. These mussels and oysters begin to employ a defense mechanism that when these invading parasites come, they begin to wrap it with a material, a composite material that we call the mother of pearl. It is a translucent composite Uh, material whose chemical properties are lighter and stronger than concrete. The mollusk 
coats the nucleus with thousands upon thousands and layers of this mother pearl. Over time and over time, the pearl begins to form slowly. They tell us that most pearls typically take between two to four years to fully develop. The value of a pearl is amazing for the, the pearl, a valuable pearl is found in, in less than one in 10,000 wild oysters. Just about 10 years ago, a Filipino fisherman made amazing discovery in the sea off the coast of one of the Philippine islands. He found a two foot long, 26 inches by 12 inches to be exact, pearl inside of a giant clam. He stuck it under his bed. Later on, it was discovered this 75-pound pearl is valued as the most expensive pearl of all time at $100 million. One commentator explains one reason why pearls are, were so valuable in Christ's day. We find that pearls carried in the time of Christ more value than gold. Pearls were more valuable than gold. This commentator states pearls were found, were found in the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf and, and the Indian Ocean. The price to pay in obtaining them was great. Many people died while hunting for pearls. They did not have the equipment that is available for pearl diving today. Rather, a pearl diver would tie rocks to his body, jump over the side of a small boat, go down into the dangerous waters infested with sharks and other creatures, and scour in the mud below for oysters. A pearl diver had to hold his breath during the whole dive and hoping that he would not burst on the ascent back up to the surface. A pearl that was perfect and beautiful was priceless in that day. The Talmud, the Hebrews write in the Talmud that pearls are beyond price. Egyptians actually worshipped the pearl and the Romans copied the same practice. When women wanted to show their wealth, they would put pearls in their hair. The wife of one Roman emperor once went to a dinner party with pearls on her hair, on her ears, around her neck and fingers. That was estimated to be a value of $36 million today. Isn't it amazing that this valuable gem is made because of the inserting of an irritant? Because a parasite comes into this particular shell. This illustrious, iridescent, brilliantly beautiful gem starts with an unexpected invasion. An unexpected irritant. It wasn't invited. There was no welcome map put out and said, I want to make a pearl. Come on in. It was a parasite that came unexpectedly invading that space invading a cell and so that that pearl uh, begins to be formed as that oyster begins to coat and coat and recoat through the process of adding the mother pearl it becomes a beautiful beautiful gem and it goes from an irritant 
to a treasure. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like unto the one that goes looking and finds one pearl of great price. Jesus describes the immense worth, the immeasurable value, and the peerless quality in the kingdom when it comes to his church, when it comes to his kingdom. Amen. It is a kingdom principle to turn invading parasites into glorious treasure. Let me say it again. It is the kingdom principle to turn invading parasites and irritants in our life into treasures. This is the nature of the kingdom. This is the principle of the pearl. Transformation, dear friends, is what Jesus Christ did when he came into our world. He took death and wrapped it in the resurrection. For the writer writes in 1 Corinthians 15 and 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The pearl embodies suffering. The pearl is the example of anguish, for it is in anguish that the irritant comes inside of the oyster, and bitterness is transformed into beauty. That is the principle of the pearl. The marvelous transformation of the pearl requires that the blood of that clam be part of what is happening. It bleeds during the process. It actually takes its own DNA and begins to coat that irritant. What its shell is made out of, it begins to coat that irritant with the same thing. I want to tell you that the first thing that I see depicted in this parable is the path of the Lord and what he went through to build his church. He came seeking the lost souls of man. He came seeking Seeking the broken and the rejected and discarded. And he came to transform from the irritant of an invading force called sin. And make something worthwhile and beautiful out of it. He took that and he bought the church with his blood. He bought the church and created an entity that would be very valuable and worthwhile. The supreme value of the church, those that have been redeemed, those that have been transformed by Christ, is that it was transformed and formed from the wounds of Christ. It was because of the thorns upon his head. It was because of the nails in his hand. It was because of the blood that he shed. That he that knew no sin was made sin. That we might be the righteousness of God in Christ. He is the one that created and depicts the church. Amen. For the Bible says he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. God wrapped himself in flesh so man would have a way out and be without excuse. Amen. We can't point to a God and say, you don't know how I feel. We can't point to God and say, you don't understand what I'm going through. Yes, the Bible says we have a high priest which is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. It was your sin and my sin that wounded Christ. That is what this parable depicts. The parable also depicts those who are willing to suffer with him, 
to suffer with Christ. Paul said it like this in Galatians 2 and 20. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So the path of suffering, I too follow. Amen. And, and, and I did not have to take the penalty of what he did, but he made a way so that I can go through the death, burial, and resurrection, through repentance, baptism in his name, and the infilling of his spirit. What is it? It is the creating of the one great pearl of great price. Today, people say, why do folks suffer? Why is there suffering? Why is there so much harsh reality in our world? Why does it look like everything is blown up? In our culture, why is it that there is such an invading parasite of mentality today and anger and hostility? Amen. I want to tell you without the parasites, we would never know the glory of God. Without the infirmity, we would never know the healer. Without the irritants, without the wounds, we would never know what it was for him to coat his grace around us and coat his mercy around us. So that which was ugly and horrible and invasive and infiltrating our system becomes something beautiful. You'll find that the everlasting value of the pearl of great price meant that the merchant would sell everything for it. Can I talk to you today? If you want to understand the true beauty of living for God, you have to be willing to say, I'll sell everything for Christ. I'll give up everything for Christ. I'm going to follow him because the value of the pearl is greater than anything that I have in this world. Why? Because only those that are truly sold out with God can be partakers of the kingdom. God is looking for 100% all in. He's not looking for a fickle faith that flees in the face of irritants. He's not looking for faith that runs when there's conflict and pain. He's not looking for those that, that move away from him when the unexpected invades someone's space. When suffering comes, you see, faith is all in. Faith is because I see the answer. I wonder today, has anybody ever suffered in your life? Anybody ever gone through some pain? You know what my Bible says? It rains on the just and the unjust just alike. You can look around the world in one common thread for everybody. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter where you're raised. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter how, who your parents were. Everybody suffers. Everybody goes through pain. Everybody deals with something in their life. But you see, those that understand the pearl of great price are sold out even when they don't understand. They are sold out even when suffering doesn't seem fair. They're sold out when they're wounded, but they're not offended. They're wounded, but they're not offended. They're sold out to see the pearl and not the pain. This is the principle of the pearl. The kingdom of God is worth suffering. Amen. I want to prove it to you in scripture. Paul said it like this in Philippians 3 and 10. That I may know him. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him. Why? 
There's something behind this that God wants to show us about the invader that comes into our world to disrupt, to be the parasite that tries to suck us dry from the strength. He's created with us the understanding of the principle of the pearl that says what happened to me is not going to dictate my life. I'm not going to let it stay here unchecked. I'm not going to let this wound and offense stay here unchecked. I'm not going to get all bitter with God because I felt like I didn't get what I deserved. Amen. But I'm not going to leave it here, but I'm going to find something to coat it. I'm going to go to the very DNA of the one who covered me. I want to go to the very DNA of Christ. The clam doesn't invite the invader. The oyster doesn't just open up the door for the parasite. Neither do we plan the unexpected sufferings and pain that come our way. 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, talking to believers now, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though something strange happened to you. But rejoice, but rejoice, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. Notice this, for the Spirit, for the Spirit, amen. And if you look at that in that verse, it is a little s. It is the attitude of glory. It is the effect of glory. The Spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. What is he saying is that when suffering comes in, when pain comes in, this is God's intention is to start wrapping that irritant with his glory. Begin to wrapping that irritant with his power. Begin to wrap that parasite with his glory. Amen. Paul said we are changed into the image of Christ from glory to glory. Oh, don't be so upset when the suffering comes. Say, cover me, Jesus, with your glory. Cover me, Jesus, with your glory. Cover me, Jesus, with your glory. I want to see the glory in the irritant being covered. Peter is writing here when he says, Stop being shocked. Stop being shocked when sudden suffering comes your way. Now, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've had things shock me. Corona shocked me. And all the impact, like a puddle, a, a, a rock falling into a pond, and all the impact, it shocked me. But what didn't shock me is that my God says his grace is sufficient. I've been through enough stuff in my life to know he brought me out of that. He'll brought me, bring me out of this. I've gone through enough to understand that what we're seeing in our world today, amen, is nothing but the irritant that hell is trying to prevent the church from having revival and the church from being raptured. So what happens is that I got to reach a hold of his glory and grace and begin to wrap it around my life. I, I want to tell you where this message came from just the other day. 
I was wrestling deep in my soul. I had dreams that were troubling me at night. I'm talking about deep, awful dreams, nightmares that came to me about where we are and what we're dealing with in our world. And, 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 and I, you hear the news, and, and I was down. I, I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm in a deep, deep situation here. And I opened up the Bible. I, I, I began to read, and I began to study. And this is where that message come from, is that my grace is sufficient for you Tim Gill my glory is sufficient for you Tim Gill amen quit playing with the irritant quit appeasing the irritant oh I wish I'd had some help in the Lord today quit appeasing the irritant quit placating to the irritant and start coating it with the glory of God what I need is the power of God in my life what I need is the glory of God in my life what I need is one more touch what I need is one more Bible verse what I need is one more prayer meeting what I need is one more encounter with God And I felt for sure if that's what I'm dealing with, that's what some of you are dealing with as well. Paul wrote to the those in Thessalonica and said, 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 3, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. That no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. Now, wait a second. That messes up all of this. I come live for God and I never have to have a bad day in my life. Somebody say, I'm appointed to affliction. But can I go back to what he said in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 13? But rejoice. But rejoice. Think it not strange the fiery trials that come to you, but rejoice. But rejoice. Happy are you. Hallelujah. Why? Because if you understand the principle of the pearl, your news feed will not get you to a place where it binds you by its power. Your, your, your Facebook posts and the things you see are not going to get a hold of you. The naysayers and the cries and the woes and the heartaches are not going to get you. But what you could do is you could turn that into, I'm going to rejoice. I'm not acting like a pie in the sky, nothing is wrong mentality. But rather, I choose to not let the infestation of the parasite of doubt and fear inflict upon my soul until it begins to grow and it begins to get bigger. Fear you. You don't have a place here. I'm going to cover you with glory. Amen. Doubt you don't have a place here. I'm going to cover you with glory. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Happy are you for the glory, the spirit of the glory and of God resteth upon you. Your pain, your grief, your suffering, your invading parasite should lead you to rejoice, not despair, should lead you to rejoice. We look at irritants and pains and suffering as something that we should never encounter. But the Lord says, 
As in his word, James says in 1 and 2, my brethren, count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. When you fall into divers, I'm going to explain to you, if you'll hold on to the end of this message, I'm going to explain to you why it's so important that you understand the principle of the pearl. Amen. I believe if you look around, it is bleak. Look around us today. The Bible is not the only thing being attacked. People who believe the Bible are being persecuted in the United States of America for their faith is under attack. It's not a new thing. There were those that were part of the beginning of this church who were persecuted because of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and getting called crazy names and tongue talkers and radical and strange. But I want to remind you, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but sometimes hell uses people as the unexpected irritants. Amen. But they are not the issue. It is the spirit that wants to embed itself inside of us. So what we have got to do is we've got to rise up and say enemy of my soul I know you're trying to get me but I'm going to cover this with God's grace and God's glory I'm going to cover it with his grace and his glory Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 5 for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us so also consolation our comfort also aboundeth by Christ. Sufferings of Christ abound, but so does his comfort. And whether we be afflicted, it is your consolation or comfort and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer for whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation and our hope of you is steadfast knowing that you are partakers of the sufferings so shall you also be shall, shall ye be also of the comfort or the consolation amen I want to tell you there are things that God has done in your life in my life that we have never would have never learned if it hadn't been for the unexpected irritants if it hadn't been for the things that come into our world we would have never learned it amen both big things and small things are you going to let it Fester, are you going to cover with the glory? Are you going to let your bitterness fester? Are you going to cover it with his glory? Amen. Are you going to let that, that parasite come in and rule your world and your mind? Are you going to say, oh, no way, no way. You're not going to take authority in my life because I've got the mother of pearl inside of me. It's called the glory of God, and I'm going to cover it. I'm going to the word. It's time to spend time in the word and let his glory cover you. This is indeed the principle of the pearl. James H. Cagle wrote a poem called To Make a Pearl. And it reads, the forming of a priceless pearl is wrought in secret where men can't see. Between the shellfish laden palms on the floor of the deep billowing sea. Affliction is the main ingredient Rich, lustrous beauty is created through pain. This purest beauty comes through suffering. Such wisdom of God we just can't explain. One grain of sand in the shell's flesh is the seed that germinates a coveted prize. Through sore affliction, it is slowly fashioned until a pearl most precious is realized. Similar to God's working with us, 
when he is refining and molding a saint as as though his hands his lovingly brings sorrow and grief our soul to acquaint the priceless pearl cannot be made until an offense first enters the shell that creation of matchless beauty came from one on whom much suffering fell the shellfish pain generates the substance to create a rare and priceless pearl likewise our Lord when we are in pain supplies the grace that fashions his pearl without affliction there would be no pearls nor would there be a godly man for pain is essential in creating a pearl as well as many sorrows a godly man our Lord we know was a man of sorrows and well acquainted with grief he knows therefore what we're able to bear and he knows when to bring us relief a godly man is molded by affliction Christ's beauty is created in him through pain he suffers in ways that most men can't see until God's pearl in the world's gain. Remember now when you see a pearl that you're seeing triumph over trial, when you're seeing victory over affliction, and now on God's face there is a smile. So enduring your painful afflictions and remember that God is making a pearl and his love and grace are sealed upon you. You'll show his beauty in a sin-sick world that's how you make a pearl we're living in a day where people says there can't be no god because they're suffering look at all the suffering where's god where's god in all this suffering where's god amen you take that little girl that little boy that's four years old and you take them to get a shot from the doctor they're going to look at you in loving eyes and say, what in the world are you doing to me, mama? How can you treat me with such pain? How can you let that doctor inflict that pain upon me? Well, it was something that you needed to make sure that you were okay. At the age of four and five, you didn't understand. But there was a loving parent that knew that that doctor needed to take care of you. Amen. There are things that you and I do not understand. And we create a mentality that if, if there is suffering, there is no God. I want to say just the the opposite if there is a God there is a God who heals us in our suffering the purpose of suffering is either to make a pearl or to destroy you I say let's make some pearls let's let the glory of God cover us in this crisis oh hallelujah will you take a moment and worship him in this place Paul writes in Romans 8 and 17, and if it's children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. That's who we are. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also, that we may be also glorified together. Pearl, suffering, glory, suffering, glory, suffering, glory. Verse 18, for I reckon, Paul said, I have I've calculated this, that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Hold on to that. 
that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared to something I have yet to experience or seen. I realize that, that we can either let irritants, offenses, pains, and suffering destroy us, or we can let them be enveloped by the glory of God because it's in suffering I learn to rely on God. It is in suffering that I find the character of God. It is in suffering that I find a place of true repentance. It is in suffering that I find great opportunities for ministry. For those that God uses, he usually breaks and hurts the deepest. Suffering reveals how God's glory can flow through us. Don't be concerned about the suffering, but be concerned if that mother pearl of your life is being coated over and over again. Paul said it like this in another place, for our light of fiction, which is but for a moment, worketh to a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. The story of Anne, Annie Johnston Flint captures my heart's attention. I've shared it with you before, but let me share it with you again. It is a story that exudes the pearl principle. By the age of six, Annie lost both her parents. She was an orphan at the age of six. By her teen years, she had developed crippling arthritis that drawled her limbs and legs up to where she lost the use of her ability to walk. To make matters worse, Annie suffered from cancer and became bedridden. She was covered with sores and lost the control of not only her hands at this time, but also bodily functions. She had to live wearing a diaper. Blindness began to overtake her. Annie lived in constant pain most of her life. She had dreamed at one point of being a concert pianist, but her crippling hands ended that dream. She had every right to be bitter for the irritants that came into her life. But instead of being bitter, Annie began to coat her suffering with song. And it is Annie that penned these words. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increased. To added affliction, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundaries known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. She goes on to write, when we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun because his love has no limits. His grace, here's a girl that's wrapped up in crippling arthritis, a girl whose parents had both died at the age of six. If anybody had the right to be upset, I look at some of you and I know the sufferings in your life. I know you've been through some hard things things. I know you've suffered greatly, but I want to tell you today, if you will apply the principle of the pearl and begin to wrap it in the glory of God, what was yesterday's abuse becomes today's song. What is yesterday's dilemma becomes today's worship and praise. It becomes today's glory to God. It becomes the day. Oh my goodness. I wish you understood what I'm preaching about today. Somebody take off shouting right now because there is a glory of God that he wants to cover you.
You don't have to worry about your weeping. Let it create a pearl. One of the most incredible visions of the Bible is the one John saw of the New Jerusalem. The one of the most incredible visions of all scripture. It is here that John sees the culmination of redemption. For the New Jerusalem, the city embodies the conclusion of God's plan for mankind. It returns everything back to 100% original glory revelation 21 and 22 describes this future city it is known as the tabernacle of god is with men the city is indeed the tabernacle of god it is in this city that we find that john writes god wipes away all tears here here death dies there is no death here here sorrow has to cease to exist here there is no crying. And the scripture literally says, neither shall there be any more pain. Neither shall there be any more pain. Amen. For here the Alpha and Omega sits upon his throne. It is described as being four square. The measurement of the holy city approximately 1500 mile cube. It has the same geometric dimensions of the holy of holies for it is a place where God dwells among men. It is the church in its final perfection. Redemption completed. Redemption concluded. Look at Revelation 21 and verse 11. Amen. It says, having the glory of God and her light was like the stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clearest crystal, and had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels and names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. John is writing. He said, amen. He had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof and the city lieth four square and the length of it is large as the breadth and he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs the length and the breadth and the height are uh, of it are equal do you realize today that there's only one other place in the tabernacle of God that was said to have equal measurements in all directions and that was the holy of holies so here we find the holy of holies beginning to descend the tabernacle of God, the throne of God. Verse 17, and he measured the wall thereof and 140 and four cubits according to the measure of man, that is of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was jasper and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And the foundation of the wall of the city were garnished with a manner of all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. The second uh, uh, Sapphire, the third, Caledoni, and the fourth, an emerald, the fifth, Ceridonix, the sixth, Sardis, the seventh, Crystal's Light, and the eighth, Burl, and the ninth, Topaz, the tenth, Cyoporus, I don't even know how to say that word, the eleventh, you see that, the twelfth, you see that, but I want to get now to my point of my preaching and my message. I've said everything to lead up to verse 21 and the 12 gates were 12 pearls 
Every several gate was one pearl, and the city of God was pure gold, and it was transparent glass. This beautiful place, the place of the culmination of redemption, is depicted the only way to get in is to go through the gate of the pearls. You've got to go through the thing that is an emblem and the symbol of anguish. You've got to go into that thing that is the symbol, amen, of pain and suffering. You've got to walk through that uh, particular embodiment of blood and tears only to step into the city and there is no more pain. There is no more tears. There is no more woe. But to get into it, you've got to go through the pearl. Now I'm going to deviate and I'm going to say, this is my opinion. This is my wondering. I can wonder about Revelation as good as anybody. I wonder. I wonder if these pearls are not in some way the culmination of every child of God and their suffering and their pain and their problems and their heartaches that they went through in life. And we can again look at it and say, it will be worth it all. It will be, Paul said, I declare unto you that this present suffering cannot be compared to the future glory. My little pearl now, my pearls that I go through and that I've coated with God's glory and everything that I've suffered. One of these days, I plan to walk through a city that is 1,500 miles cube. I want to walk into the presence of God where there will be no more tears, where there will be no more pain. There will be no more racism. There will be no more hatred. There will be no more heartache. There will be no more cancer. There will be no more people crippled. There will be no more aborted babies. There will be no more heartache and suffering on the other side. But it reminds me of what I went through so that I can get to. It's worth it, dear one, because of the glory of God. Don't give up Don't give up in your suffering. Don't give up in your trial. Don't give up in your pain. Don't give up and say, where's God? No, God, glory, cover me. God, glory, I never would have known God unless I had experienced Samaritans. Suffering and anguish is a part of human life. You can either get bitter or you can make a pearl. The fact of the matter is that one of the signs of the last days is great offense. Everybody's upset. Everybody's wounded. Everybody's hurt. The people that should not be so should the people of God that have discovered the principle of pearl. I'm not going to get sucked in and examining my irritant. I want to cover it with the glory of God. I hope that three or four or five or 50 of y'all have caught this this morning. Hallelujah. I've watched as my parents suffered the loss of their oldest son to a traffic accident. I was a small boy, but I was raised up in that. And I've watched how my mom and dad took that sad, tragic moment and given to God and let the glory of God cover it. 
I've watched as our bishop and uh, Sister Walls did the same. I want to tell you today, suffering's coming to your life. Will you be a Matt and Rachel? And say, I choose to cover this with grace and glory. Who will you be? Will you be somebody that is lost and get mad at God and shake your fist at God and say, oh, this happened to me and I didn't deserve it? Amen. Suffering happens to all. Time and chance happens to us all. It's what you do with it. Will you be an Annie Flint Johnson and say, I'll choose to write a song about the grace of God that got me through. The grace of God that says, I'm still here. I'm still believing. I'm still standing on God. Praise God. I want the praise team to come and I want them to sing. He loves us. That we sung earlier. Oh, how he loves us. Jesus, our Savior, is the embodiment of the principle of the pearl. He came and he suffered. Suffered the irritant of Pharisees that hated him. Suffered the irritant of Satan that wanted to destroy him. Suffered the irritant of my sin and my shame. But he knew, he said, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll raise it again. You see, the cross was not the end of the story, but rather it was the irritant that had to be so that the pearl of great price could be made. That is you and me. Stand to your feet right now. Praise God. Can y'all clear off the front rows, please, and give us some room up here? I want to say, if you feel your need to pray, we call this the altar area, the area to come and just come before the Lord. If you feel your need to pray, right now, this altar is open for you if you want to come. If not, I want you to pray right where you are. I have, I believe, talk to somebody today. Somebody I've ministered to today with the help of the Lord is giving you a word for your question. Amen. Why don't you take a hold of it? Why don't you just accept the fact that his plan is for his glory to cover your pain? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.